This show is about freedom. Freedom from your constant struggle with food and letting the size of your thighs determine your worth. Join me weekly for no hold back, unfiltered, girlfriend kind of conversations that'll inspire, teach, and empower you. As we tune into our own body's wisdom and tune out of the diet industry's lies, we can live our most radiant, pleasurable, and fulfilled lives. My name is Chansey Dawn. I'm a non-diet nutritionist, embodiment, and mindset coach. But most importantly, I'm a woman on a mission to grow a deeply connected and conscious relationship with food and my body. And I'm here inviting you to do the same. Let's go. Hello, my darling. Welcome to today's show. I have a really awesome guest that is going to be speaking to you about all sorts of different things. But the biggest takeaway, I would say, is the importance of redefining love. And I believe that you're going to leave this episode having fallen so much deeper in love with yourself. That is my goal. That is my hope. So Dr. Melissa Bird is a life coach, a lay preacher, an author and keynote speaker. She is a world-class presenter who has appeared before audiences at universities, conferences, and religious institutions around the world. Her combination of education, real-life experience, and practical advice makes her a powerful force of change in the lives of the people she speaks to. Past audience members have described her speaking as fierce, revolutionary, life-changing, enthusiastic, and inspirational. Dr. Bird creates the genesis for a new brand of leadership and graceful revolution. Her unique life purpose is to use her talents to help others dismantle perfection, tap into their intuition, and heal from grief and loss. Her words awaken revolutionaries, trailblazers, and powerful innovators who are seeking deeper connection and expansive growth. When she's not speaking on stages around the world or on this podcast, (laughs) she could be found reading trashy novels, drinking fine whiskey, playing mom to three amazing humans, and loving her punk rock scientist, James Thomas Kelly. Ah, she's amazing. Let's dive right into this interview. I can't wait. Okay, welcome to the show today. And today we have a really awesome special guest, Dr. Melissa Bird. And I met Melissa, my gosh, quite a few years ago when I started just engaging more in the online coaching community. And we connected, and I really instantly was very drawn to her for so many different reasons. And you're going to discover those reasons through this show, I'm sure. She is just so, the thing I think about the most with Melissa is authenticity. She is who she is. And she is a fierce woman who is making like amazing changes in this world with the people she works with and those who follow her. And I got to have the privilege of being part of one of her group programs recently, and it was really life-changing. I loved it. And we'll talk more about that. And I know she has more to share about that, but it was such a good experience. And through it, like I absolutely would love to have a conversation for all of you to listen about all so many different things. So when we're looking at um, embodied eating and the A Taste Like Freedom program, pillar four is compassion. So this podcast, this one show here, we're going to kind of ground it in compassion. That is the focus, but it'll be compassion with, you know, little fingers reaching out everywhere into different areas. So Welcome, Melissa. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. You're welcome. This is great. So to begin, um, why don't you, I mean, I already did the bio so they know who you are, but I would love for you to just talk about what you're most passionate about right now in your business and why. Let's start with that. Well, I, I feel like I am first of all, thanks for having me. I'm so excited Mm -hmm. to talk to you today. Um, I think I'm most passionate about recognizing that the tools that I give my clients, the, the information that I download, uh, through my clairvoyance and through my other work with spirit, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I am most passionate about the fact that I have not been using those tools for myself. Mm. And I'm really discovering just in the last couple of weeks, I talk a lot about surrender. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot about, you know, we really don't have any control and we're here for a really great purpose. And each one of us has a different individual purpose. And I don't really do surrender very well. Mm. Secret. <laughs> the secret's out. But I'm learning how to do yeah. it really well. And I am really excited and um, thrilled to say that I have just realized even in the last couple of weeks that I... Um, I'm really passionate about becoming even more opening, open to uh, taking my own advice. Oh yeah. Beautiful. Isn't it the way it works? It's so funny. Cause I went for a hike before I got on this call and then I got home and I was hungry and I like grabbed two pieces of toast and chucked some butter on it and ate it. No pleasure. It was beautifully just like, get it in, you know? And I'm like, come on, Chancy, practice what you're reaching. <laughs> right? Cause yeah. I kind of like, yeah, I definitely did not. Um, that was not embodied eating. And I was like, Oh, interesting. So then when I did that, then I'm like, right, you're about to do a show on compassion, have compassion yeah. for yourself. You are a human. So the same with you. So how are you dropping into that right now? As in that surrender, in that compassion, as you are learning to take your own advice right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, um, I have been reconnecting a lot to nature Mm. to have more compassion. So, um, one of the things I've really been giving a lot of thought to is this idea that we are naturally occurring beings on the planet. And that we are not separate from nature, but intricately woven into it. And so one of the ways that I really found I can have a lot more compassion for myself is to just, I have like a tree outside my window, outside my office window, that if my blinds aren't open and I can't see my tree, then I have to like stop whatever I'm doing and get up and go look Mm -hmm. at it. And it's, it, it just grounds me um, in that knowledge that or the earth is mother earth is always compassionate towards us right spirit is always compassionate towards us and so if i can just ground myself in that connectedness even if i'm not outside or touching nature just seeing it and surrounding myself with the things that make me feel connected to it helps um another thing that i've done is um to have more compassion for myself is i recently my desk is full of crystals and altars and rocks and (laughs) trees like plants and like dead plants but like all this stuff like I'm looking over I have a statue of Persephone and and um but one of the things that I did was um I've really started connecting to my ancestors and really Mm. started thinking about you know these stories we tell about our parents and their parents and we talk we've just it's become really a buzzwordy thing to talk about our ancestors but I'm thinking about the stories we tell about just maybe even our parents and our grandparents and how to have more compassion for them as humans mm. and the complicated stories that we create about our parents, but they, and I think of myself as an, my, an, my own parent, like me as parenting other humans. And I'm mm. like, they can have trying to have compassion for myself and in the context of having compassion for my parents and my grandparents has been really fascinating. It's just been this really interesting thing that I've been going through. And I think, so connecting to nature and thinking about having compassion for myself as a parent and my parents. And then I think the third thing that has been really helpful, um, has been to like talk to my friends really intentionally. Mm -hmm. So one of the I love talking on the phone. I'm like a, you know, I grew up in the eighties talking on the phone. (laughs) Like one of the, one of the things that I love to do is, is just bounce stuff off my friends. Like I did in high school, right? Like Mm -hmm. to really talk to and connect with my friends. And when I do that, I find I am much kinder to myself and much more compassionate towards myself when I like phone a friend. So 
Those are the things I think that they're it, doing recently. Yeah. And that reminds me so much of that saying, like, would you treat your friend like this? Would you treat, you know, someone you like outward, like another person that you love the way that you're treating yourself and the way you're talking to yourself. And I think that's a really beautiful reminder to actually reach out to a friend when you're in a place where you're not being compassionate, right? And then feel their compassion, go, right, they're not saying this stuff to me. And yeah, that is so powerful. And then being able to, to embody that yourself, right? What if I was my own best friend, which I'm supposed to be, which is is the goal. This is what we're growing into. So it's, um, how do I talk to myself? How do I relate to myself? If I was calling myself on the phone, what would I tell myself? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. That's great. So I actually wanted to do this in the beginning, but let's just have a little fun so that the um, listeners can get to know you. Okay. So I have some rapid fire questions, just this or that. Okay. So I'm going to like rapid fire them out to you and you just let us know. And if there's any that you're like, "Ah, I don't really want to answer that, (laughs) just pass. And that's good. I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen. Okay. Yeah. They're pretty, they're pretty tame too. So, (laughs) okay. Ready, set, go chocolate or ice cream, chocolate. Sex or a massage? Oh God, both. Yeah, that's my. Listen, that's I'm my I'm in I'm in menopause, so I'm like, mm, yeah. <laughs> depends on the depends on the time. Depends too. on the moment. <laughs> Am I having a hot flash? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, Paris or Bali? Paris. Paris. Okay, breakfast or dinner? Oh, breakfast. 100%. Okay. Weights or yoga? Weights. Coffee or tea? Tea. Cats or dogs? Let me just say also tea with really, really heavy cream. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really, really rich Earl Grey double bergamot with heavy cream. Nice. Do you put a lot of cream in there? I put a substantial amount. Yeah, I do too. And when I was younger, a friend of mine, she did that with peppermint, peppermint tea with like tons of cream, heavy cream. And she called it fairy tea. That's what they called it. So I, that when I think of, and that makes so much sense that you would like fairy tea. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, you know, where they got that, but that's what I've called it my whole life too. Okay. Sorry. Um, cats or dogs? Dogs. Put, or um, Frenchies, right? We have a fr- we have a French bulldog and a standard poodle. So they're yeah. like freaking frack. that's great and if you definitely you definitely want to get on instagram and uh follow melissa and she always has her daily potato which has her dog on there and they're they're the best best pictures and and little updates okay um bed and breakfast or hotel oh bed and breakfast okay wine or beer wine dinner in or dinner out out okay thank you the only time I ever drink beer is when there's like a really good, like peanut butter stout on tap. Oh. And then I will drink beer. Cause I love really thick chocolatey stouts goes back to that chocolate thing. But yeah. 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 Oh, I, okay. Peanut butter stout. I've never thought, Ooh. I've never heard of that before. It's Never like heard a of peanut that. butter cup. It's so delicious. I'm going to have to go find that because that sounds so good. And now that, you know, life is opening up a bit, we can all go on patios and stuff. It's very yeah. exciting. Patios are great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, let's pretend we're on a patio right now, having yeah. that and just having this great girlfriend conversation. So I would love to hear about your own journey with your relationship with your body. Mm. Oh, my relationship with my body. So it's been a tortured one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I am a big girl. I'm tall. I'm, you know, I'm one of those, like in the eighties, they called us big boned, right? right. Yes. Um, I, I actually, <laughs> funny story. I had a, I went and met a friend of mine and she and I had, because of the pandemic, we'd never seen each other in person. And she's this short little Native American woman, right? She's really tiny. She's like five feet tall. And I went to I went to see her and she's looking up at me because I'm five foot eight, right? Yeah. And she's looking up at me. And she's like, wow, you're just so tall. It's like, <laughs> you're so big. And I laughed at her and I was like, 
big Indian because I'm Native American too. And she laughed so hard. So I'm really tall and I'm really big and I take up a lot of space. And, and so I spent most of my teens trying to shrink my body. Um, I love working out. I really actually do. I actually think I have the potential to be quite athletic if I would allow myself to do that. But I, um, I spent a lot of time not realizing how beautiful I was. Mm -hmm. And, um, a lot of that was because I didn't, um, fit in my skin would change over the summer. So I get really, really dark over the summers. And then I lighten up over the winters. Cause I lived in Utah. And so, you know, wait, I lived in a ski town and so it was snowed. And so I would get really pale and then I would get really dark again. And I didn't realize this until I started talking to my cousins about it. Like there was actually an emotional thing that happened to us. Like my friend, my, my cousin told me once that, um, she didn't want to go back to school in the fall because she didn't think anyone would recognize her because her skin would get so dark. Right. Mm. Cause we're part native American. And so one of the battles with my body was not just that I was this big girl, big boobs who took up a lot of space, but it was that my skin would change color. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I think it was about a year and a half ago that I was reading a book called There There by Tommy Orange, which just for your readers is one of the most beautiful novels I've ever read. I'll put that in the show notes. For yeah, it's, yeah, it's so beautiful. But there's a scene in it where there's this little kid in the bathtub and they're in the bathtub trying to figure out who they are because their legs are all white, but their arms are all dark. And I'm just sobbing while I'm reading this part of the book going, oh my God, I'm not alone. Like that was my whole childhood. And I'm, and so, so for me, my issues with my body were not just about being big and taking up space. I'm really loud. I don't know if you can tell that I'm really loud. And one of the things I love about you. (laughs) And I enter a room and everyone's like, whoa, who's that? Right. Like I have a presence about me. And so in my teens, in my early twenties, I spent a lot of time shrinking myself Mm -hmm. and trying to make, I had, I did not have LP eating habits. Like you would look at my fridge and it'd be like a 12 pack of Bud Light, some mustard and some mayonnaise. And that was it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I smoke, I was a big smoker. I wish smoking didn't kill you because I love smoking more than anything else on the planet. Like I love smoking. Actually, if you would have asked that question, like sex or smoking, I would have been like smoking, but but I'm not allowed to, because it kills you. Right. Right. I'm a little bitter, but like, like, I, it, it was, I'm 48 years old this year. And I would say it wasn't until probably the last like two or three years that I was like, wow, I'm, I have a really amazing body. Like, look at how this body has gotten me through Mm. all of these things that it's gotten me through. And now I really appreciate it. I think the other thing that is really important just to call out and just to say out loud is I was having this conversation with my best friend, like, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. And we had found a picture. She'd found a picture of me from her wedding. And I looked at it and I was like, how did I think I was fat in that Mm. picture? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, cause I was not like, I, I was not at all. And I was so beautiful. And I was like, and I'm still beautiful. I'm just bigger, but like, I was like, wow, like how, how much headspace is taken up looking at photos of ourselves and thinking, God, if I could only drop five pounds and this is where I got it from, this is where I figured it out. I took these pictures of my mom Um, over Christmas, she was snuggling with my dad. Like it was this really beautiful moment and I caught it on photos. Right. And I posted it on Facebook and talked about how my parents have been through so much together and how grateful I was that they were able to just love each other the way that they were at that moment. And my mom texted me and said, I'm too fat. Take those pictures Mm. offline. And I said, you need to go read the comments. (sighs) And there were like literally chancy. There were like over like 40 or 50 comments of people commenting about how much they needed to see those images. And then my mom did it to me again on mother's day. Cause I took these pictures of me and her on mother's day. And she said the same thing. She's like, God, I really need to lose weight. And I was like, you just totally negated the whole experience of these beautiful photos of me and you just giggling and loving each other. Yeah. And I thought, damn, why, why are we continuing to do this to ourselves? And I have, I have never said that in a photo with my kids. Mm -hmm. I don't hide behind my kids. I don't like hide my body behind my kids on purpose because I don't want 
them to ever look back at any of the pictures we have with each other and think, God, I wish mom wouldn't have said she was too fat. Mm-hmm. That'd be the memory of that. Right. And, and also the, the lesson and also yeah. the lesson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's really interesting because I'm dealing with something with my 20 year old right now, where I just found out she's not eating mm-hmm. and I'm like, friend, <laughs> let's have a talk about loving your body and, and, and what does it mean to really truly love and be in love with your body? Like it gets you from point A to point B. And I remember when I realized that, and I don't want it to take 28 years for her to realize that her body is, you know, an amazing machine that like does really cool stuff. Like we regenerate our skin. Like we have, like there's our blood literally flows 24 hours a day. Like how rad is that? Oh, isn't that it's amazing? It's so amazing. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that in the, uh, with Alina Z, uh, uh, podcast episode, I did a couple of, um, weeks ago and then the pleasure episode I did before that talking about how going from not eating and hating what you see in the mirror and hating your body to, I love my body is such a huge step right? Like quite often it feels completely unattainable. And then people think I'll never get there. So they don't try. Mm -hmm. And then it's just continuing in the patterns of looking. Cause of course, as you know, your brain is going to look for evidence of what it's already thinking to be true. Right. So it's going to look in the mirror and go, I'm so ugly. I'm so whatever. And it's going to look for evidence of that. And then unless you understand the process of getting to love, right? We don't have to right now go, I love my body. It does not have to go there, but doing exactly what you're doing right now going, I appreciate this about my body. Mm -hmm. Like, look at what a miracle it is. Look what it can do for me. Look what it has done for me. Right. And then go from appreciate and respect and start to change those patterns, start to change that, that evidence seeking to the, to the opposite. And it's like, what do I appreciate? What can I respect? And going back, and this was a practice I did when I first started this work. I, I, I read the book, um, the clean eating book when I, back in my twenties, back in the nineties, right. When clean eating was the big thing. And in it, the author said, look in the mirror naked and pick out everything you don't like, everything you want to change, because unless you know what you want, unless you know what you want to change, you won't ever do it. So I did, I stripped naked first time ever looking at myself naked in the mirror. And I found things about myself. I hated that. I didn't even know I hated until then. Right. So that perpetuated this, that issue. And then it was the undoing of that going and looking in the mirror and going, I'm sorry, body. I won't say that to you anymore. Right. Loving on her going back. And what do I appreciate? And now I can honestly say like today I'm in like these little just leggings. And I'm like, man, I love my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have to say too, I, I think you can see too, something that's really important is that we have to redefine love. So mm-hmm. who's defining yeah. love for us? Like when we think about loving our bodies, who d- gets to define that? Because the way I love my, the things I love about my body, I don't think other people would necessarily love about my body. Like, but man, I love you know, I love my roles. I think we have to really think about how are we defining love? Mm-hmm. Like, because I think that we have this really um, disastrous version of ourselves and, and this vision of love that can create utter catastrophe for us. And, and if we're not redefining love and what it means to love our body and to really recognize it for the miracle that it is. And I think this is why getting back to nature is so important. If we get back to the natural state of being, then we realize that we are created exactly as we are made to be. Mm-hmm. And then we can look at different things we might want to change and go, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can get my butt on a rowing machine five days a week and actually like get some cardio so that I don't have a heart attack by the time I'm 55. Like that might be a good choice for me right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And in that power of doing the exercise and doing that work, then I remember I'm really powerful. Like, it's really cool that I can write a book and coach some clients 
and hold my kids and, you know, harass my husband and, and pick up potato because he can't go up and down the stairs because of his broken back. Like, right. Yeah. Or mow the lawn or build a fence. I built a, 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 something for in my garden. Like, but we have to redefine love. Like the whole time I was building an eight foot garden thing for my vines in my, in my yard all by myself, nobody helped me. I thought, dang, it's awesome that I can do this. Mm-hmm. I think it's so amazing that I can pound these stakes into the ground and I'm, you know, out there humming the whole time. And I'm thinking, wow, like I, I left my phone in the house on purpose just so I could have that moment of being out in the yard. And I thought, dang, like, that's really cool that my body can still do this. That's really cool. Oh, I just want to stop here and really honor that because it is like the redefining love and what does that feel like? And what does that mean? And what, how can we grow to that intentionally? Yeah. You know, and it is, it's like looking at new evidence, just like you're saying, I'm out here and I'm doing this. And yeah, yeah that is so good. Thank you. Let's talk about forgiveness. This is one of the main reasons I wanted you to come on because when we were doing the heart of the warrior group, we talked a lot about forgiveness in there and it has been profoundly, um, changed life-changing for me that one takeaway especially a lot of women carry weight as a protection from as a protection as a result of sexual assault Mm -hmm. right that is a that's a huge thing and we don't really fully understand what's going on but especially around our middle and I know that's something that my body has held on to right and when I was talking to you in our private session just about my experiences with the sexual assault and how um, I'm I forgave him and I've forgiven my pastor for telling me I had to ask for forgiveness from God for putting myself in that position and him in that position and all of these like things that I had carried. And I'm like, I'm finally, I forgave, I forgave and I'm still carrying it. And I'm still really struggling with healing from this. Mm -hmm. And you said, have you forgiven yourself? Mm -hmm. And that I, I just remember going, first of all, what the fuck do I have to get forgive myself for (laughs) innocent? Right. So there was this little, that little trigger because, you know, from my pastor being like, no, you, you need to ask for forgiveness. And then it it kind of triggered that. I'm like, no, this is not what she's talking about. This is, this is very, very exactly opposite from what that pastor was saying to me. And what I realized it's like forgiveness for Forgiveness for myself, what I really needed to forgive myself for specifically was for not going for more help, mm-hmm. right? For holding it all in, for picking up some really some patterns after in relationships that I knew was from my trauma and not actually going and getting help for it at the time and just sort of like sitting in it. And I didn't realize until that conversation with you that wow, my sweet self needed forgiveness for that, Mm -hmm. right? To be able to move forward and heal. And so when we're talking about forgiveness, whether in in whatever area it is of our lives, like sexual assault or, or our, the way we treated our bodies or the way we do treat our bodies, the way we're stuck in the diet cycle, or, you know, maybe we're binging and purging, right? There's a lot of different things that we hold in and that we carry as heavy baggage that call for forgiveness. And with that compassion, right? Getting curious and compassionately looking. And I love to think of myself, like I'll say this, I'll do this myself. And then also it's a, it's a tool that I use often with clients. It's like, put your little self in your hands Mm -hmm. and then look at yourself there and feel the compassion really embody that and it's like okay sweetheart what what do you need here what do you need to forgive what do you need to to move not just let go but move through to process Mm -hmm. right because when we're looking at our relationship with food and our body it's so wrapped up in all of this other stuff it can't just it's not isolated Mm -mm. right and that's why this conversation is so so important so can you 
talk to us more about that. Yeah, more sure. about forgiveness. So, yeah. Um, I think that, um, so I, I think forgiveness actually starts with owning what our default is, right? Mm. So, so we are being raised in societies where our, so this all came about because like my, I, my aha moment about this all came about because last year I was, yeah, it didn't take, it took until I was 47 stinking years old. So last year I was um, at an event and one of my friends said to me, have you always been this confident? And I was like, I'm confident. Like, <laughs> what? who are you talking to? <laughs> are you talking to me? And she's like, you're so confident. And I was like, huh, well, that's cool. Um, uh, and, and I was like, I don't know, hold on. And I called my mom. I was like, Hey mom, was I confident when I was a little kid? And she's like, oh yeah, you came out of the womb confident. Like you could own a room like no other. She's like, you have always just known everything. And, and I sat there for a minute and she's like, and then your dad died when you were six and then you weren't so confident. And I was like, interesting. Tell me more. And she's like, I think my mom's like, I think you've battled with this your whole life. Like, you know, you just know, Missy, you're intuitive you read other people's energy. You can walk into a room and gauge who needs what, where, like I'm a connector. It's what I do. Like, mm. and I'm confident in that. Like I really can walk in and into any space and not know anyone and not have any previous information. And I can totally read what's going on. Right. Like, and I, and that is my default. My default is to be loud. It's to be funny. It's to take up space. Like that's my default. Well, what do we learn in this patriarchal, misogynistic, racist, white supremacist society, what we learn is to shut it up, mm -hmm. shut it down, shrink yourself literally physically and verbally, right? Like, and it doesn't matter how we're right. We can be raised by the greatest feminists on the planet and still receive those messages from the outside. Oh yeah. That, that we are supposed to shrink right? But God does not want us to shrink. And here is where the forgiveness comes in. The forgiveness is about buying into the lie. And I was not raised Christian. I was not raised in a religious household at all, but I love God. Mm -hmm. And, and my theory is no matter what you call it, but I think we, if we believe in, in the higher power, calling back the word God from white supremacist, racist Christians, I think is really important. If God is love and we are made in God's image, then we are love. And there is no other truth but that. And if that is true, if God is love and we are made in God's image and we are love, then I am love. I am loud because I am supposed to be. That's my role. I am big because I'm supposed to be. That's my role. I, I can forgive myself for buying into the lie that I have spent literal decades trying to be quote unquote perfect. Mm -hmm. And it, and that I think is the second thing is to really start to look at this idea of perfection, perfection, according to who, like the whole looking good for Jesus thing, like, you know, showing up in our Sunday best and why, mm -hmm. like, like when, whenever I transition out of this life into somewhere else, I'm pretty sure wherever it is I'm going, they're going to be like, good, good row sis. Like you really, you, you gave it everything you had. And, and that's, that's, that's what I hope women start to do is just, just give it everything you've got. Like you're okay. It's okay. And you don't have to do this in isolation. Like we need connection. And, you know, I, say what you will about social media and its dysfunction, which it is, there is some, I wouldn't have met you without it. Right. Like, yeah. This is where. Aren't you so um, grateful for social media? Hell yes. Me? Hell yes. <laughs> like, but the most beautiful relationships I have with women and men, but women are because of social media. Yeah. Like, like there is beauty in that. And yes, we can get into the scroll and we can get into the addiction of it. And 
if we are willing to forgive ourselves for buying the lie that we have to be anything other than our default, God made me this way. I can't be anything other than Dr. Melissa Bird. I am me. Oh, full body chills. I'm me. I am a heavy metal, hard rocking, Libra Aries, passionate, driven, big ass human being. I love to shop. I love, you know, sensuality. I love my body. I love my boobs. I love everything about me because I've stopped trying to fit into some perfect box that says that I am broken Mm. and I deserve to hurt myself. And I spent years hurting myself and hurting my body because I was, I thought I wasn't allowed to be confident, but I was born coming out of the womb confident. So one of the greatest ways to, to disrupt this perfectionist narrative, which we all have as women, men do not have it by the way, but women do. One of the greatest ways to disrupt it, if you can, and you have this kind of relationship with your mom, I have a tortured relationship with my mom, but I could call her and say, Hey, lady, have I always been this confident? (laughs) Because if you can talk to your parents or your friends, and I have two friends that I've had since one, since she was born and one, since we were two, we went to preschool together and they all said the same thing. Missy, you were always like this when you were a kid. Mm. So if you can find out what you were like when you were a kid, if you can ask and you ask, what have I always been quiet? Have I always been loud? Have I always taken up space? Have I always been a wallflower? Then you know your default. And then you don't have to try and fix it to fit into something that you're not. Right, because there's nothing to fix. And I think that is such an important message. And this really goes back to the redefining love that you're speaking of. God is love. And I made in God's image. I am love. There's nothing not to love if I'm love because it's pure love. We are love. Yeah. Yeah. And not romantic, sexualized, idolized, like whatever this bullshit Valentine's day love. I have to earn it. It can't just come. No, we're love. Yeah. Pure and simple. We are love. You know how I know that? Because I have put squeaky shoes on two-year-olds and watched them run around. And that there's nothing more lovely than watching a little two-year-old run around with squeaky shoes on. Because they're like, whoa, I'm making a noise. This is amazing. It's love. You know, I know we are loved because of the sunrise and the sunset. It is glorious when you get a good sunset. That's love. Absolutely. And it really goes back to the church wound that I've experienced big time in the original sin and looking at like babies cry and they, um, or little kids will take toys from the other. And that just shows that we are dirty and sinful. And that's the opposite Uh -uh. of we are love babies cry because they have needs. Yes. Right. And it's, it's because God gave them that capacity to communicate in that way. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're raised Christian or not, you still learn about original sin. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, I I actually have a chapter about this in my book that I'm in the middle of writing that the original sin is not about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Original sin is about not listening to our calling. Original sin, the message that Eve had that was given to her was, listen, you are here with purpose on purpose. Don't ignore it. The sin is ignoring your purpose. That's what we repent for. The evil is not following the true calling that we have on this earth and continuing to do the things that we think we should be doing versus what we are actually here to do. This brings me full circle into the, you know, you've already talked about perfection and patriarchy and the diet culture intentionally keeping women stuck, right? Women looking at shrinking themselves, being smaller, thinking that my worth is determined by the size of my body and then trying to control food, which is actually, we need it. It is a gift. And it's the same. It's like, eat this, but not too much. Be this, but not too much, right? It's so wrapped up in that. Yeah. And when I think about it, it's, yeah, taking specifically women out of their purpose because- And out of their natural state of being. Yeah. 
And oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> because when we're in our natural state of being and we just are exactly as we are meant to be, we are powerful beyond measure. Yeah. And that is and, and that cannot be controlled. Right. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this show right now, share it with your two closest friends yeah. because this absolute, this message, this truth needs to be spread and known. Every single person deserves to have like the full body goosebump eruption. I just did when we're talking <laughs> about this, because this is what, this is at the core of it. Yeah. Right. When we yeah. heal our relationship with, and obviously my passion is helping women heal the relationship with food in their body. So they can live wildly free and loving lives, full lives. When when you can work on that and that is your, your goal isn't to just, you know, be comfortable in your body, but your goal is to be able to live the life that you're here to live in your natural state, who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh and, my and I think Lord, that yes. and I really just want, <laughs> I just really want people to remember, like, you don't have to do this alone. Mm. Like, like we, we are not meant to live in isolation alone and we are meant to connect and we are meant even if we are not connecting in person really fully looking at each other in the eye and saying oh hey I see you right like hearing each other listening to each other and and I I want to add this because it's just coming in so I'm just going to add this add this to the thing keep in mind think of the top five musicians, authors, speakers, people, think of those people, uh, the top five that you have, right? So for me, hands down, Metallica is number one. We're so different there. I'm like Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, rise off her t- <laughs> but like Metallica, the Virgin Mary. I love the Virgin Mary. Um, uh, Brene Brown. She's super mm. rad. Um, I when really you said love... the Virgin Mary. I thought you meant it was a band, and I'm trying to no, think. Of no, I'm, I'm really like, oh, you actually the actual, mean like the actual Mary? Yeah, no, Mary. Like, so I want you to think of your top five folks, and then I want you to think of what what would have happened if they would have not listened to their divine assignment. Mm. Like, if they would have known, my purpose is this. If Metallica would not have said, you know what, guys, this was a really good run but we're not going to listen to Bob Rock and do the Black Album. They would have just gone into obscurity and not inspired this hard rocking troublemaker at, in 1988, right? Yeah. Like, and, and by the way, their podcast is one of the greatest life coaching podcasts I've ever listened to in my life. So for all I you out there- I didn't know they had one. They have a great podcast. And it's all about asking for help and- <laughs> asking for help and learning that you don't know everything. And it's beautiful. It is the most beautiful podcast. So you should nice. link that in the show notes too, because I'm will. telling you, it's yeah. so good. Metallica podcast. But also let's just for sake of, of, of just this exercise, what if the Virgin Mary, when the angel Gabriel said, Hey, so we've got this thing for you to do. You're going to carry the Messiah. And she would have been like, no, nah, you know, I, uh, that's not for me. You right. must have go to my yeah. sister, right? Like, what if, she, what if she's like, oh no, I can't have a baby. No, that'll, I can't do that. ruin my body. Like, <laughs> I don't want stretch marks. I don't want stretch marks. But, like, but what if she yeah. literally would have been like, I must be the wrong person for this job hmm. and denied it. Yeah. The whole narrative around that story would have been lost, right? And this is what we really have to think about when we're thinking about forgiveness and perfection and loving our bodies and redefining how we love our bodies is that if you deny, if you keep denying who you are and why you're here, then people who are here to connect with you are denied that right. Mm. Every person that I am here to love, to lose, to connect with, to hold, to let free, to inspire, to learn from. Every one of those people gets denied that interaction when we don't listen to who we are at our core. And if we don't know who we are at our core, then it is also our divine right to figure it out. 
Absolutely. And that is why I think what you're doing is so powerful, Tansy, because you're not just helping people understand food in their bodies, but you're helping people tap into, oh, this is what I really want. This is who I really am. This is my purpose in the world. And if we don't do that, then we are denying them their opportunity to learn who they are and why they're here. Thank you. I, yeah, thank you. I receive that. And as I'm listening to this, I, I feel very emotional and in so much gratitude for, you know, the work I've been able to do in this area of, of healing my own relationship with body and, and exactly what we're talking about to be doing this very thing that I believe I'm putting on this earth to do. Yeah. I'm so done, you know, years and years and years where I would spend so many hours, like planning my meals and pining over cookbooks and trying to figure this out or whatever. So much energy, so much, yeah. <laughs> so much freaking brain power. And it's, I just love clearing that up. So now I could do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. about, right. And that yeah. is what I, it, that is what I deeply, deeply wish for every single woman. And well, and I think we do it because we're afraid of who we really are because we get told to be afraid of who we really are. Exactly. It goes right back to that perfectionist, right back to the patriarchy. And so this is, I remember you had me speak on one of your groups for the mob. And I remember talking about how this work, I believe in this relationship with our body, you know, coming home to ourselves and healing this is a powerful form of advocacy. It is, this has to be done. It is time for women to, to, oh, actually live their lives, live their truth and be able to put out what we're supposed to. So absolutely. And I'm so proud of you for who you are and the work you've done and the work you're doing. And let's just like lead segue this right into talk about your program, because this is the, the, it's so good. But I'm super excited because part of surrendering has been rebranding my whole business. So Mm -hmm. that's been exciting. I have, uh, created, uh, rebel school is actually transitioning to become the art of the graceful revolution. And it is, um, an 18 week program where we, um, heal our shame and wounding, and learn how to take inspired intentional action, and then really learn how to embody the acts of graceful revolution to change our communities and our lives. And so I'm really excited because, yeah, sorry. I'm so excited. Just like, Oh, I'm like jumping on top of you. Can you, what do you mean when you say graceful revolution? What does that mean to you? So, uh, the graceful revolution is actually a vision that I had. It's a dream that I had, uh, Mm -hmm. back in 2014. And it's all about, um, realizing that we have the power to change our lives and our communities, um, by owning who we are. And so it is appealing a way to discover the tools that we have within ourselves to trust our intuition and to really figure out how, when we heal shame and wounding and when we heal our, uh, our inner, our core, then we figure out how to take inspired intentional action, not just do things because we have to do them, but really figure out how to be inspired and intentional in the work that we do in the world, whether it's a nine to five job or we're running a business or we're a stay at home mom or we're retired, whatever it is, being able to take inspired intentional action is the graceful revolution that, that there is a need of course for protesting and fist bumping and all of those things. Like, you know, there's a need for that, but there's also a need for an internal revolution Mm -hmm. where we learn how to have more grace for ourselves and give ourselves the space to listen to our divine purpose in the world so that we can go out and do what we're here to do. Did you all hear that? Okay, now, so get on Instagram, follow her right now, because this is something you're going to want to be a part of. And I'm just like, so what just came to me, I think I need to do a little bonus section for your course and we need to trade and you can do one for mine. Okay. For a taste like that. Yeah. 
like, I'm like, I really want to be a part of that. So I'm just inviting myself. So. <laughs> okay, good. Let's talk about it. That's yeah, great. let's talk about it. Yeah, that's how you get things, people, is you ask. <laughs> right. Or you just tell. You're just like, listen, this hey, is this what is we're happening. doing. Yeah. Okay, good. Sounds good. Talk okay. about listening to your intuition. There it is. Live <laughs> and in person. I'm listening to my guides more. And I think listen, that, do it. Yeah, yeah. there we that go. That comes in, you just do it. <laughs> so good. I love it. Okay. Yes, so for people to connect, I mean, I've mentioned your Instagram a couple of times. Is that the best way or how do you want people co- to connect with you? Yeah, you can find me everywhere on social media at bird girl, B-I-R-D-G-I-R-L-1001. Um, uh, anywhere on TikTok, Instagram. I love Instagram and I really want everyone to go follow me there because that's one of my favorite places to play. If you want to see me be highly irreverent, join me on Twitter. Um, and I also am on Facebook and TikTok, but you know, I let, yeah, the Instagram is really a great place to connect with me for sure. Okay. So good. And do you have a newsletter for people to get on? And I do. And I'm super excited because in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be updating the, um, what, what people get is a, uh, the five tributaries of the lies of perfection when they join. So that's coming up. So, um, I'm really excited yet. You can find me at naturalbornrebel.com. Okay. And, um, I'm just, I just, thank you so much, Chancy. It's been so oh, fun honey. talking to you. You are just such a joy. I love this and I can't wait to actually meet you in person and give you a hug and I'm taller oh. than you. So there you go. <laughs> and I've also been big boned in the eighties. Now I'm mm-hmm. not, now I'm just curvy. Yeah, that's <laughs> I right. I love how the, the, the names change all the labels, right? <laughs> so gross. So gross. <laughs> okay. Well, th- is there anything last minute pearl of wisdom that you want to leave the listeners with? My favorite last minute pearl of wisdom comes from Eleanor Roosevelt, who's one of my heroes. And it is this, do one thing every day that scares you. And mm. if you do one thing every day that scares you, you end up living a life that is just full of and rich and glorious. So that's my nugget. Yeah. That I, I love that. I actually, I must've heard it. Obviously I've heard that, but I didn't know the reference. So thank you. That's a beautiful pearl of wisdom. Well, thank you so much. You are amazing. And I can't wait for the listeners to hear this. This is such a good show. Yay. Okay, hon. (laughs) Take care. Thank you for investing this time into building a nurturing and loving relationship with food and your body. My vision is to create a community of women who desire to taste this freedom too. So please pass this episode on to a friend, a sister, a mom, or anyone who desires love from the inside out. And if you're feeling extra spicy, please leave me a review on iTunes so we can get this in the hands of women everywhere. See you next time.